This is the Parenting for Faith podcast from BRF Ministries. Parenting for Faith exists to help you help the children and teens in your life to meet and to know God. We do this through online events, courses and resources. And you can find out more at parentingforfaith.org. Hello, welcome to the Parenting for Faith podcast. My name's Anna Hawkin. I lead the team here at Parenting for Faith. And we're so glad that you have decided to join us. We have got a cracker of an episode today. So this is season seven, episode three. And all through season seven, we're looking at different things that you come up against as you journey through life with your kids and teenagers. And today we're going to be talking about them getting their first phone. Now, for most of us, and this will vary a little bit on your age, but we didn't get a phone until we were late teens or 20s or even 30s and you know maybe it was still attached to a large handset and you couldn't take it with you I don't know maybe I'm dating this a bit too much but this is a whole new world isn't it that um younger and younger our kids are getting phones and sometimes it's even like they need them to be contacted and to do some of their schoolwork and homework and all sorts of things And so we're really grateful to Andy for giving us some advice and just helping us to navigate that. He has been on the podcast before. So if you enjoy this episode, uh, do flick back and you can hear more of his wisdom and advice on there. Um, Also, just to say that there are links in the show notes for setting up both iPhone and an Android phone for your child. So if you would like help with that, and I think most of us would, (laughs) um, uh, the link is in the show notes. We forgot to mention that in the episode. Um, And just before we get into that conversation, an invitation again to the Being God's Child book launch, which is on the 28th of September. So just two days time. Um, And that is looking at three different ways that we can connect with God. However busy you are, whatever age your children are, whatever season of life you're in. I truly believe that all of us can find ways to connect with God and it doesn't need to look a certain way. So we've got some special guests, we've got some practical tips, we've got an idea. It is completely free. Um, All you need to do is click interested or going on the Facebook event and then join us on Thursday the 28th at 8pm on Facebook. Really look forward to seeing you there. But let's hear now what Lucy and Andy have to say. So today we're thinking about when our kids get their first phone. Now, I have a personal interest in this area with two kids who have phones already and two who will be getting them in the next couple of years, if they're lucky. Um, And so this has been quite the learning curve for me and my husband. So I'm absolutely thrilled today to be welcoming Andy Robertson, who knows loads about this area. Andy is a theology trained video game journalist. He is the founder of Taming Gaming, which you need to go look at. It's an incredible family gaming database. So if your kids are into gaming, go check out Taming Gaming. The link is in the show notes. Um, And he's also the author of a book by the same name. He's a dad too. And I'm just really excited to have him with us here today. So welcome, Andy. Hello. Thanks for having me. I'm looking forward to this. Andy, I'm going to go in straight off as devil's advocate. Are phones really that bad? Are our children really at risk? Paint the picture for us. When something's new, a new technology that maybe we didn't grow up with ourselves, we put it in a different kind of group to other similar things. And so, you know, a phone is really a way to access media. So in a similar way, we wouldn't say, you know, are books good or bad? Is music good or bad? Is poetry good or bad? You know, it it is, well, what is it that they're doing on this device? Um, like, where are they doing it? What's the context? Um, and who are they? So, so really, that's why this question is quite complicated. 
um, it's easy to, you know, run to simple answers like how old's too old or, you know, should I just say no? But actually in this area, like other areas of media, um, us as parents, we, we just have to get involved and get engaged, uh, ask the questions you're asking. Um, but it, it isn't it isn't simple. And I think that's the first thing to say that if you're worried about it, if there's some trepidation, it's absolutely normal. Um, that's what most parents will go through, even parents with some expertise. This is new territory for us as we go into it. So that's, I think, don't feel like you're in the minority if you're worried and you haven't got the answers. And so these conversations hopefully will help that. That prospect of getting uh, the first phone, particularly our eldest child, if we've got several children, getting to that stage, that can be really kind of, that can really induce that fear and trepidation in us. What would you say are the kind of key things to be doing or maybe conversations to be having before that point. So maybe we're looking that like, say in the next couple of years, our eldest child will get their first phone. Is there anything we can be doing in advance to prepare for that moment? I think having like an open engagement with technology in general, and I'm often talking about video games. So that's quite a nice thing and a nice area to make a start with as, as children will probably play games from a younger age than having their own smartphone device and so if you've established that you know this is something technology is something you enjoy as well and how do we enjoy it and engage with it uh, healthily as a family then you've set up those kind of guide rails that oh this is something we'll talk about so then it's not the child coming to you saying all oh, my friends have got a phone I've got to have a phone hopefully it'll be more like oh there's some, my, some of my friends have got a phone like why have they got that like could you tell me about it like let's talk about this together so rather than it's kind of this confrontational you're already set up to have these conversations where you learn together and there's kind of give and take. And, you know, sometimes kids will bring something to the conversation that you didn't know already, but equally you as a parent will be bringing something to the conversation that the child didn't know to consider that. And I think as you get started in this particular looking at, you know, mobile phone, and really we're talking about smartphones, it's worth just thinking there'll be some drivers of why the child wants it. Yeah. And why you maybe think, okay, it's the right time. Um, and that could probably be if they're traveling to school, you want to be able to stay in touch with them. Uh, and from their side, perhaps they want to dip their toe in sort of chatting to friends, um, you know, in different sort of social networks. And so you've got some you've got two specific drivers. But then if you put a smartphone in their hand, that's a little, that is a computer. It's a powerful. I was going to say it's a, min, a miniature computer, but it's often just as powerful as a desktop computer, maybe with like the one we're using now. So it can do all sorts of things beyond just those one or two things that you and your child wanted to use it for. And that's the area where it's worth thinking forward, thinking through ahead of time to think, well, okay, it's fine for you to, you know, the, the phone's the thing, but let's talk about what you will and won't do with it. And how do we set up that so that you know, you know, what's what, and that you don't end up doing something by accident that you wouldn't want to as the child. And as a parent, you've got confidence that, your child will tell you, you know, if something happens on the phone that they don't understand, they'll come to you and talk to you about it rather than like, oh, I better not tell my mom about that strange message because they'll take my phone away. And so setting them, setting it up as kind of a positive thing as a family leads into some of the questions we'll probably dig into in a bit more detail here. So, yeah, I was going to say, can you can you share a bit more detail? What are the kind of conversations that that might be healthy to have with our kids? Because what you're setting up is a really healthy kind of ongoing conversation from when our children are little, you know, many years before they get a phone, when they're engaging with other types of technology. And that's really healthy and helpful. Um, can you go into a few more of the specifics? Like what are the kind of conversations that we could be having with our with our children about 
sort of just to protect them, I guess, and keep them safe and to, to know that when they do get that dodgy message, they need to come to us. We're not going to be angry, but we want to keep them safe. Yeah, so I think the, the sort of area we want to talk about is, well, what are you going to use the phone for? What What is, it's almost, and some, some families actually do this, it's almost like drawing up a little agreement of, you know, what will the parent provide in terms of the phone? And is that, it, can they make phone calls? Can they access data? What phone is it? Um, but equally, then the child is sort of signing up to say, oh, yeah, this is the sort of behavior that I will do. These are the things I will and won't do. And maybe that would include, oh, I'm happy for you, us to look at the phone together sometimes and look through messages and sort of talk about how that's going, particularly if they're sort of a younger user of the phone. When you get a phone initially, it's worth saying that you, as a parent, you're able to set it up to say exactly what the child can and can't do. And pretty much every phone, Android or iOS phone, has quite sophisticated parental controls where you can do things like, say, can the child download their own apps? You know, can they spend money? You know, if you don't put your your mobile, if you don't put your credit card details onto the phone, um, obviously they can't do that. But maybe you want them to be able to you know, buy a game or something. And so you can then set up that, that phone to say they can't make additional purchases without putting the pin in or without coming to talk to you so that it's absolutely secure. And, it, and there's not a way, some parents will think, oh, but my child's really clever. They'll find a way around it. The, the, you know, this is secure as our banking apps yeah. and, and using a card. So unless they know that pin, um, then um, they won't find a way around it. But that can also include setting up who and, you know, who and where they can communicate with people. Like in particular apps, can they send messages? Can they send pictures? When can and can't they use the camera and those sorts of things? And so I think it's, it's worth just saying that as parents, we can be in control and we can set up very strict limits. And for some families and some children, that's absolutely um, the right way to go. Um, but I, for, for me, that's more of a short term solution, because what you really want is this kind of long term trust and an ongoing conversation yeah. where, you know, if something happens on the phone, your child will talk to you about it. And that's kind of on the one side, I think, of parents just keeping the phone and that safe. But equally, I think we can be ambitious for what our child uses this phone for. And they're, as, I've, as we said, they're, you know, they're powerful computing devices. So that can be creating content that could be making videos that could be, um, you know, documenting things uh, or, or there's sorts of art and um, sort of drawing and puzzles and those sorts of things. So there, there can be loads of um sort of educational or just that kind of you know developing their identity it's kind of well-being um bible reading you know so there's all also you know staying in touch with friends so we can be ambitious i think for how the child uses it and there will be aspects of the phone that the child won't have thought of and we can sort of say in that agreement oh you know i'd like you to use the phone you know you love art don't you so why don't we find a really good art app and see what you can create or why don't we find a a stop motion app and you can use your Lego to make little animations. And so putting those things on the map for the child, that the phone isn't just about us limiting it. And that really changes the conversation so that us as parents, we're ambitious for this in a similar way that we'd be ambitious if our child said, you know, like they're saying, can I have a phone? If they said, can I learn French or can I learn guitar? We'd be like, yes, let's go. Let's, let's help you do that. And so I think seeing the phone in that light, I think an opportunity for us to be ambitious for our children is really helpful and that that's often something that we miss because we go we run straight to safety and worries about it 
That's so helpful. I've never heard anybody talk about phones in terms of being ambitious for them before. That's such a helpful idea because you're right. You know, my son downloaded a piano app and started teaching himself piano. Yeah. And my daughter has done some really creative stuff on, on art apps. And actually, I have to admit, I didn't find those apps for them. They they were motivated. They found them and they sorted it all out. And it's such a positive, healthy way to look at the phone, you know, for what it can be used for good rather than all the risks and all the negative things because often my children will see me on my phone say oh mom's on her phone again and I'll say to them well actually I'm ordering the weekly shop so that we can eat (laughs) you know I'm I'm not sitting here playing you know candy crush or whatever I'm really out of date (laughs) whatever game I might be playing I don't do those things on my phone I do really positive useful things I mean I also you know like we all do procrastinate as well I'm sure but that's such a, a healthy kind of model and a healthy thing to teach our children that actually the phone is there for good it's there for functionality and, and for, for good, healthy things and isn't just something to be feared and sort of stay, steered clear clear of. Um, yeah, that's that's really helpful. Thank you. And kind of going sort of further along those lines, are there kind of any um, boundaries maybe you would recommend that we set when our child gets their first phone? I guess this would be age dependent as well. And every family is different as to, to when they make this decision for their child. But can you give us a, an idea of the sorts of boundaries that we might want to be thinking about as parents? Yeah, so you can set the phone up to limit very specific things, some of which we've touched on already, but just sort of to go through those. The first thing we might want to think about is age appropriateness of the content that they're accessing on the phone. Um, and that you can say apps of a certain age every app has an age rating which relates just to the content in the app not the other stuff it doesn't doesn't cover like who they talk to or what else might be said by other players it's just the app delivers a game or an experience and the the content there I say is appropriate for a seven-year-old so if on your phone you said my child can access apps up to the age of 10 then they can't download apps or run apps which um which are which are um, older than that. Um, so again, it just gives you that kind of that starting point. And it's not to say that they'd never be able to do that, but they then have to come to you and have a conversation, and that's a great opportunity mm. to say, "Oh, what, what are you going to play?" Or perhaps let's try that together and see what it's like, and then we can figure out if it's good for you or not. Um, spending is obviously another area. If you, as I've said, if you put your credit card on the phone, um, they can spend money. If we think about it a little bit, like we wouldn't say log into Amazon sit our child in front of it and say, away you go, have some fun. <laughs> they will buy stuff. Yeah. <laughs> but we could do that with the phone. We can put the details in, give the phone to the child, and the child then goes and makes some purchases. And we're like, oh, I, why did you do that? And, you know, because we haven't really thought of it, it is a little shop that we ha- mm. we're putting into their hands. So either not adding your credit card details, or if you do, um, putting some limits about how they can make, how can they spend money. And I'd encourage parents to, actually allow them to have a kind of a pocket money so there's a small amount of money because it's a great way to learn kind of value and making those decisions sometimes they will spend money on something which either they didn't understand what it was or they get the thing and it's just not proved to be good value um you know maybe the app was a couple of pounds to buy but then you have to spend more money to keep playing and and that is that's a negative experience but it's a really helpful learning thing and if you make i think part of this part of the theory here is making good mistakes together so not trying to protect them from all the mistakes like a playground they're going to fall over and do stuff and then you figure out what's happening but so but within but within reason and so setting up setting up your sort of credit card or purchasing you also need to think if if you just sign in for the for the phone for them and put your account on it then your settings will be coming with it and so again you'd need to then if you, if you do use your for instance on an iphone if you just sign in with your icloud 
um, they're getting access to your stuff. And, and for my family, actually, that works quite well. We all share an account. And it means that all of us who takes pictures, it all goes up to our central kind of store of pictures. And so as soon as the child walks in or we walk in, everyone sees everyone's pictures, um, which you need to be aware of if you're you know, out taking photos. <laughs> Um, could go uh, terribly wrong exactly. yeah. yeah particularly like you know shopping for presents or something and you take a picture of it and the kids are like oh what's this oh no nothing because you, know, <laughs> you can work in a surprise um but that's been a lovely part of that setup that we've got this shared family resource and like like thousands and thousands of pictures there now um but equally that at the same time we had to then think about well what's the settings in terms of purchasing then the, the, another area is who they can talk to. So again, you can set up um, limits that says you know who they can message, and that part of that goes with different apps. So if you give them access to a particular app, um, you know a sort of a social media app, the Discord's a popular app that children, young people will use who play video games. They'll use Discord to talk about the game uh, and to find people to play. Um, so making considerations of not just the settings on the phone, but if you download an app, what settings are you going to set there? Um, and then a big area is is what we talk about sometimes, the screen time, how long they're using the phone for. Uh, and again, all modern phones let you set limits. What I really like is that you can set a limit for particular things. So maybe they've got their favourite game and you can say, well, you can play that for an hour a day. Um, but after that, you, you can still use your phone, but that that's kind of locked off and then you can then do other things. And maybe it's a more creative thing or maybe it's a bit of homework or. And so, again, you can you can set up time limits. That's not just, you know, after six o'clock, it all shuts down. It actually encourages them to have a kind of a varied diet of their phone use a bit, a little bit like a varied diet, um, you know, uh, in terms of how they're eating at the table. We wouldn't worry we wouldn't worry about plate time. And I think it can be a bit of a mistake to worry about screen time. We really want to think about what's on the screen and all modern phones will let you sort of curate that and sitting down with a child and saying, oh, you know, how long do you think? And often, you know, they don't often ask for the whole day. And and, what, and if they, if you make that decision with them and apply that automatically, then you get away from it's you having to police this device. Mm. It, the device does it itself. And when those limits come up, the child's like, oh yeah, we said, didn't we? okay, what else shall I do? Or, oh, actually today I, my friends are playing this game and I'd love to have another half an hour. And then you have that conversation with the parent and, and you get in on what's happening. Whereas if there wasn't a limit, you'd never hear about, you know, oh, who are you playing with and all those sorts of things. So those are kind of the main, those main areas um, that you can set up. And it, it, it can seem like it's going to be complicated, but half an hour to an hour sat down um with that phone in in the settings and you can just they're designed to be pretty straightforward it, you need to set aside some time to do it but it's time well spent and then you're kind of off on the right foot um when um you know when the child then starts using it yeah they're really helpful boundaries thank you andy and i could relate to what you were saying um <laughs> about the spending a couple of years ago we happened to be checking our bank and i'm so pleased we were because it turned out that our son had totally um, unaware of it at all he'd spent uh, 70 pounds over the course of about a week in uh, sort of two three four pound amounts on a game because he didn't realize what he was doing he didn't realize that it was actually costing us money <laughs> so that was a good mistake to learn together I think that's the role of the parent is is to help a child understand or oh, how much does it cost Oh, and are there additional costs like this game's only two pounds or this game's free? Can I play it? And it's like, well, you, you know, you can, 
but you know that that's just the first level. And once you finish that, you're going to have to buy the next level. And, you know, how much would that cost if you did 10 levels? Yeah. Um, and so sort of taking care of those purchases and by by setting the phone up, you you kind of set the, set the stage to have those conversations. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it is it is obviously possible. And that happens that purchases are made by mistake. Um, but again, if, you, if you're doing that together and you're talking to your child and it's like, oh, I, I, what are you playing? Oh, this is a new game I just bought. And you're like, oh, how did you buy it? And so you just have that conversation. And if it's a mistake, you, you then made, made that mistake together. And there's that learning together rather than them using it separately, kind of unregulated somewhere else. And then a week later, you get the emails coming through and they spent a lot of money and then you know the, the whole family feels the kind of the the pain of that both the child feels like they've done something really bad and the parent feels like they failed because they haven't kind of haven't realized what's going on and really it's just you know the, the nature of this technology is it's, it's new territory so we just need to take some time with it i want to just kind of delve into uh, uh the dark area i suppose of of if we discover that something untoward has happened regarding our child and their phone, whether that could be, um, you know, we we realise that they viewed porn um, or they've played an age-restricted game, which which uh, we we wouldn't have approved, um, or maybe they're, they're being bullied by somebody, or maybe they are, are the bully, or, or whatever it is. We find something on their phone that we don't like and we don't want to nurture in our child, it's something really kind of horrible. How should we respond? What What should our attitude be in those situations? I think it, it's worth, before you do anything, just, just taking a breath because it's easy to feel like the stakes were a lot higher because it's the phone and because of what's happening here and it's sort of been done and it's scary because it's out of our kind of comfort zone. So just taking a moment to sort of take in you know, and sort of think, well, what has actually happened? Um, you know, what's the, what is the thing that's happened that is that is unsettling and, and problematic? How How has that happened? Like, is it something someone has gone out and intentionally done that or is it just a misunderstanding um you know is it something that the child has just mistakenly done or is is it something intentional and then it, it then as adults as parents we can then kind of tease apart the actual situation and so it's important to say if there is something where another player or another person in in an app or an online world has done something which is inappropriate then all those spaces have a means of reporting that person um, if we if we think and those if you report it to the app they will escalate it themselves but if if we think you know there is something criminal happening again we would treat it like you know something happened in the park if our child was approached by somebody and it was clear there was criminal intent then we would call the police so I think doing those same things not not treating it as this kind of special case in both ways um, in the app space is important Um but also part of that, I think, is also understanding, particularly if it's something your child has done that you hadn't expected them to do, is is hearing and helping them interpret this behaviour, all, all behaviours communication and, and that, like, well, why has this happened? Have they done this for a particular reason? Is this kind of a, a useful signal that I'm I'm getting from my child that there's something else amiss in their life? And often sometimes extreme behaviour online can be because it's a way that they're kind of coping with other pressures. You know, maybe a friendship group is breaking down. Maybe that there's actually bullying or maybe there's a situation at home that's that's unsettling. And as a youth worker, you're coming across it. Mm. So paying attention to those as real signals as maybe we need to take other action as well. Not just like stopping and limiting the actual 
you know point of you know whatever it is if obviously it's an actual harm you want to do that uh, and taking that that broad view but it is important to take action and not to think oh it's fine it'll go away but some of that action can be to really think that through um and to you know and if it's if you're the parent you know to talk to your child um to create you know create a context where there's not blame um but you you like like I just want to understand what's happening here you know this is what i'm seeing and some of the work we've done earlier on having those conversations showing like showing and genuinely being on the side of them and technology means that they're not going to be like oh you don't understand it like you never like this anyway because the the danger can be that as adults or parents, we use something that's unsettling to win the argument. I knew this phone was rubbish. I knew it was going to cause a problem. So finally, I've won that argument and let's get rid of it, mm. which is really unhelpful, you know, because probably that's not actually very accurate. So by by having that that setup, it means when we get into these situations, we've got that kind of equity in this space to have a conversation where the child won't feel we're attacking them and they will feel we understand and then together we can then work out what's the right course of action uh, but again it's really important to signpost that if there is something that's harmful or criminal involved then take that same action of reporting it to the the publisher of the app and also then escalating that um and you know talking to the other authorities that might be appropriate as if that had happened in the real world as well so hopefully that's helpful yeah, it is. And I like what you're saying really about taking a step back from the situation and looking at the wider sort of narrative of what's going on in that child's life. One of our Parenting for Faith key tools is unwinding uh, because we know, well, as, as adults as well as children, we often get a skewed or lopsided view of God, you know, something that might not be totally false, but something which we sort of center on, like, you know, God being very angry or God being very busy or God being very lovey-dovey and and sort of you know not caring about sin or whatever it is and I think sometimes when our children when we encounter an issue like that the, the challenge is to step away and go well what do we need to unwind what has our child what is our child struggling with believing about God and believing about themselves right now and their place in God's world and their value as God's child too is there something that we can be kind of investing in in that sense as well as just the 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 sort of direct issue of technology yeah yeah yeah, that's yeah i think i think that's good and it's a similar kind of similar sort of scenario it's easy for us to rush in and make assumptions and then afterwards we reflect and like oh i wouldn't have you know that wasn't that helpful and we have to then we have we've created we've made the problem worse so by that kind of unwinding taking a breath um and getting good advice you know then i think that that means that you know we can play that kind of godly positive role where um you know we sort of we bring light to the situation um and and you know help everyone involved um move forward both us and our children mm. that's been so helpful thank you so much andy this conversation has been very helpful to me personally and i know it'll be helpful to all our listeners so thank you so much for your time today and coming on the podcast pleasure good i really enjoyed it And we like to end our podcast with a question to ask your kid or teenager to spark an interesting conversation. This week, the question is, what do you most enjoy doing on your phone or on my phone? That is, of course, if they have access to either their own phone or your phone sometimes. Um, if not, think of your own question for this week. That's absolutely fine. 
If you've enjoyed today's episode, please do rate, review or subscribe. Um, It takes a matter of clicks. It's different depending on the podcast platform that you're looking on um, and whether you're doing it on your phone or whatever else. But mostly there's somewhere where you can click on it, some stars or a heart or something like that. Um, and just drop us one sentence about why you like it or what you find helpful. So that really helps other people to know that we exist and to find out about this podcast. And we want to help and equip as many parents and carers as possible. Have a fantastic week. We will be back next week. Bye. Bye.